Hey, I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Parv. And this is China Product. We are two Silicon Valley product managers, and we know how messy it can be. So we're here to talk about the ups and downs of being a PM. It's not always straightforward, but we're here to figure it out together. Hey, Alex. Hey, Park. Can't complain. How's it going? What are we talking about this week? Oh, this week is going to be a fun one, I think. Well, all weeks are fun. This one especially. I f- I feel like this is a question that comes up quite a lot, um, and I think everyone thinks about it. And even as you're thinking about wherever you are in your career, I think this comes up quite a lot. Is just basically what are the different levels of product management? Um, you know, where do companies like position specific skill sets in the ladder? How does a career ladder look like for PMs? I think it's it's one of those topics that generally the role is so ambiguous that it's a pretty you know pretty wide open space for companies to structure product management and that career. So mm-hmm. I think this week let's let's jump into PM levels. Oh yeah, the amazing, confusing. Not a hundred percent, you know, the same across all country companies, kind of leveling <laughs> that it goes on. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those questions, and someone asks me like, "Hey, is this PM opportunity here the same as this PM opportunity here?" And honestly, sometimes my first reaction is, "I have no clue." Um, but then, you know, I think there's like this way to match um, some of those responsibilities and roles across companies to figure out like where they sort of align in terms of the PM levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's like super important to know is that like there's a level three and a level four in two different companies could be like completely different uh, roles or different levels. Like even an L3 in like two different companies, it might one might be actually the equivalent of an L4, L5. So it, yeah, it varies a ton and super important to know because if, if you get misleveled or you kind of like, you think that you're going to a higher level than you are, that you're going to a lower level than you should be, like it's a, a really important thing to kind of call out early with your recruiter in the interview process. Yeah. And I think the other one sort of where I feel this actually makes or helps a lot is when folks are trying to pivot into product management, there's a lot of questions around, should I join as X level versus Y or where should I kind of go in if I'm com- coming from this company or this years of experience. And I think while there is no general rule and it's always going to be something that, um, you know, you have to figure out as we go and depends on the company and the role, but hopefully like this chat that we have kind of helps give some sense to the listeners around like where you can transition into depending on where you are and what your experience is uh, when it comes to product management. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I think it's yeah super important to understand, especially as you go in, but also a kind of a good way to kind of plot your your career path going forward. Yeah. So do you want to jump in? Like what what's one of the f- basic, I think, levels when you're looking about product management? And we're going to skip the internship. I'm not talking, we're not talking about PM interns. Yep. Like that's different, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I guess maybe like a quick overview is like all the different levels. So typically it starts at honestly L3. Uh, just for the purpose of this conversation, we're probably going to ignore interns, which are kind of at the L1, L2 range. But L3, L4, L5, L6, L7 is kind of where your most of your career is most likely to kind of at least start and kind of most of your time is spent, to be honest. And then uh, mm-hmm. after like L7, then depending on the company, it gets a little bit different. Sometimes there's like L7.5 or 
L8, which is kind of the director equivalent. Uh, then you maybe have different versions of director, different flavors. You got like senior director, which might be like L8.5 or L9. Again, depends on the company. And then you got VP, which don't normally have a level officially associated, even directors in some places. Yeah. And then you have senior vice president and then like chief product officer on the on the product product chat. Yeah. Or track. Yeah. And I think I think like when we like as we get towards like the higher end of the spectrum, it kind of gets a little mm-hmm. fuzzy between like you know, the interim levels between like a director and a VP. Like you have the one point fives in the middle, like the mm-hmm. seniors. Uh, and that I think that ends up being a lot of the function of the way the company's organizing that. So I guess whenever we talk about sort of something above L7 or 8, when we go to director, I think that's always going to be the caveat there is it might be different depending on the organization and the way sort of the tree works mm-hmm, there. Definitely. Um, and then I know we said we talked about L like 1 to 10, but that's not always going to be the case. I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. For example, I know I think Microsoft has like L60 50s or something like that which is completely five times the scale from l1 to 10 so (laughs) i hope no one comes back after this thing like hey i was looking at microsoft and i can't find an l10 um probably that sounds about right you wouldn't yeah these are like very loose guidance that every every company is very different (laughs) yeah i think um as we talk through this you know sticking to the what the general role and responsibilities around some of those more common terms that assign these levels, I think that'll be um, interesting to sort of talk about and share out with our listeners. Mm-hmm. But you want to jump in with, with the first yeah, one? Yeah, so let's start with uh, L3. So L3 is normally an APM or associate product manager. So these are the people which kind of just starting their product manager career, normally right at a college or a couple of years after at a college, um, mm-hmm. still at the beginning of their career. Maybe they pivoted recently from software engineer and they're just getting started in product. Um, but normally it's like your first like year, two years uh, in product. Yeah. I've, I've always seen like APMs to be typically like recent graduates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's funny, I don't think they usually uh, differentiate between grad school graduates and undergrad mm-hmm. graduates. I don't know if in your experience. I was wondering the same thing, like, because M- MBA is normally like a, a very common track for product. Mm-hmm. And I don't think an MBA, yeah, I don't know where an MBA comes in. I think it depends. Like, if they have years of experience before in, in industry or in an adjacent industry, then they're probably going to be like a L4, L5. But yeah, I think you're right. I think normally like new grads, whether it's masters or bachelors, they normally would come in as a L3. Yeah, I think I think it does depend on like your relevant years of experience or just maybe even years of experience. Because I've seen no of MBA folks who've pivoted into product right after the MBA, but they go into like more of a senior or a PM role instead and not an APM because of just years of experience. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the folks that we see applying to APMs are usually recent grads in an undergraduate program or someone in a master's who has a very limited years of experience in the field or basically in the industry. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's like that graduate level. And it's also I know like different orgs have different ways of representing APMs, but I feel like it's traditionally a rotational program. You get to try out a lot of different things, similar to an internship, but a full-time role, I think is the way I would put it maybe. Yep. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's like, especially the rotation is like maybe like 12 months. Oh yeah. Um, it's any, it ranges, it depends on the company. I think some companies do like three or four months rotations and some do six months and some do 12 months. Um so it depends on the company, but yeah, it's normally rotational. So you're getting a ton of experience and kind of figuring out which vertical 
you want to dive into. Yeah. Especially for PMs, like the vertical is so, so important. <laughs> I know. I feel like from what I've heard from like people who are in the APA programs, honestly, I kind of jealous. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot of fun. It's like yeah. the best, the best of the PM life, but none of the stresses of the, of the PM yep. life. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like Especially like, like if you start in like a startup, you kind of do everything and then figure out what you're most interested in. Yeah. This way you kind of like don't have to like call your way into different industries. You kind of just <laughs> are placed and then you figure out which one you like the best. Yeah. I think I think that's right. The the other one that I I haven't seen a lot of this in the industry, um, but I have seen few examples of this is like the junior PM. Again, I think it kind of aligns usually in a company with like L2s and L3s in some sense. And the role typically, um, if someone's not following that L ladder, you would end up seeing a junior PM. But, you know, wherever I have seen this, I think it sort of um, is basically like someone with some experience, but still new to the industry. I don't know. Have you have you seen junior PMs? Is that like, uh, would, that, would they still be L3? It's just like a different title? I, I don't know the, the L leveling for that one. Um, again, like, just caveat for the L leveling, it could be different across different companies. But I think it's it's like something from what I've heard and what I've seen in terms of like the job roles and responsibilities, I feel like it lies between APM and PM mm-hmm. in some sense. Yeah. Have you have you come across junior PM positions? I feel like I've seen it in job postings, mm-hmm. but I've never seen it associated with a level. So my feeling is it's probably the same as L3. Um, it might just be like maybe a couple of years more senior. Um, so it's maybe a title change, but not a level change. Yeah. Which maybe that's like company specific. Like maybe there's an L3.5. Yeah. But I've never, I've never seen that at least. Yeah. These. From a level perspective. That's true. But yeah. Title definitely. Yeah. I think this like L system is, is mm-hmm. kind of hard to like match against generally. I feel like it might not even be the same across different orgs, but, uh, or different companies. But, but yeah, from what I've, what I've seen, I think it's someone who may or may not have like product management experience and is also relatively new to the industry or just to do working. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think trying to pivot into like PM from someone with like one or two years of experience, I guess I would say as the junior PM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it again, like associated with like a level. So I, I wonder if it's more of like, to your point, like someone's pivoting. Yeah. And so they're not quite associate level, but they're not quite like normal level, uh-huh. like product manager. So, yeah, it is. So, I mean, you know, if someone's looking to pivot into product management, I think the two really good sort of entry-level positions I would put these two as, I think is one is associate PMs and then the second would be junior PM. I think mm-hmm. the best sort of entry-level perspective um, or like batch would be these two. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree. And then after that comes L4, which means that, you know, you're kind of established. I think normally L4 is like maybe four years of experience. Uh, four to five years. Really? And L four is like just product manager. What do you think? You th- you think it's four to five? I I would I was guessing maybe like also like two and a half. Like I think it depends again. Like it's, yeah, it's hard. To, it like, depends on how you started. Yeah. Like yeah. if you started at like one of the big companies, they'll normally put you as like an APM for a year, to, like probably two to three years, and then you would normally get promoted into L four, and then you're that you're L four for like two to three years, and then you get L five. Like there's a pretty linear track. Yeah. But if you don't start with their tracks, then typically, at least what I've seen is like you go work at a bunch of other companies and then you get leveled as like probably an L4. L- yeah. L4 is like the, I mean, you lose the entry level tag in that one. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like 
that's the most common level or role that you would see in job posting, like product mm-hmm. manager. Yep. You're coming in, um, you are usually uh, responsible for a feature, um, a very, very scoped feature, I would say, for a product manager. Um, you know, looking at, let's say if you're on like a particular app, you would be someone who is managing a particular could be managing a particular page within the app or even a particular f- set of features within a page on the app or the product. Like I would say very scope responsibility. And it's, I think, as you were saying, the most common one out there is like L4-ish product manager. A lot of folks, I think, are, are transitioning into the L4 space when they join as a PM um, in a big company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's a, like the most common kind of catch-all area. And then um, you kind of get into L5, from there. And normally I think the difference between L4 and L5 is like not necessarily just years of experience at that point. It's also like depending on the company, how your interview went and how you did in the interview uh. process. Uh, so like the, the line between L4 and L5, I would say is very blurry. Oh, interesting. And so like making sure you don't get misleveled there is, is super important, uh, for the recruiting process. I've never, you know, I've never actually worked somewhere where I was, I had the opportunity to sort of understand, like I always saw the level like internally, but I never was, maybe that was just my bad, but I never kind of like had an interview process where we talked about like, oh, you're coming in like an LX. Mm-hmm. It was mostly like based on the title, like the title was what I was mm-hmm. usually working with. And more than the title, I think it was also the scope and the responsibility. So I'm like, when you say like f- between four and five, like down leveling or up leveling, it's very interesting to me because I I don't think I dealt with that, but I know that it's a very, very big thing when it comes to recruiting in big companies, like making sure you're not misleveled because that line is so blurry between like, even I would say like four, five and six, like mm-hmm. you can go from like almost no years of experience to like a lot of years of experience, but still be in that range. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think also because like Four and five is like the same title. You're still product manager. I think it's product oh. manager one, product manager two. Yeah. Oh, depending yeah, on the that's, place. Oh, that's the another same, thing. It's the same thing. And like, in, yeah. I like, like, you know, I've worked with a bunch of PMs and four and five is like, it's hard to tell. Like, normally you can, t- like, especially with the senior or the more junior folks, it's very easy to tell what level is just by talking with them and working with them. But like L4 and five is like very blurry. Yeah. I completely forgot there's this other way that people sort of ra- like, have the career ladder, which is like PM1, PM2, mm-hmm. um, junior PM1, junior PM2. Like that's that's another whole different hierarchy model in organizations when they're looking at it. Like you had the title based, you had the L's, and then you also have um, this kind of like internal leveling yeah. of PM1 and 2. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think like yeah, there's the title change, which is like always, you know, cheap for companies. I think the level comes with additional compensation and of course a title update. So yeah. they try to yeah. make you feel better. And you wouldn't see... Yeah, and you wouldn't see levels on like a job posting. I you would you would mm-hmm. almost always see just product manager, and then there's a high chance that when you're interviewing with the company, you would be somewhere between. You would be trying to interview for one of those levels, so it could be any of those essentially, because the tit- the front facing title is always you know PM, senior PM, APM, etc. Not not the level. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they don't normally try to disclose that too early until they can kind of peg you for a specific level <laughs> yeah but what do you think like you know when we say a pm like what would be the core 
like skill set or roles when you think about like someone in that position of a product manager, like potentially L4 and 5? Mm. I think, again, I think the lines are very blurry. Yeah. So you would see like L5s often doing work that maybe you would expect an L4 to do and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think typically it's it's like you own like a pretty decent sized feature of like uh-huh. a big product. So if it's like a website, you might uh, you might own like like say like if you take the Facebook example, right? You might own like the sticker and like the entire like sticker pack and like how stickers work on Messenger. Oh, interesting. And that might be like your entire purview. So yeah, it would, it would be like a, a meaningfully sized product that then you would be the the core owner for, but it wouldn't be like maybe something as critical as to keep going with the Facebook example, I'm trying to think of like something that's very critical to them. It would be like, you wouldn't have Messenger, right? Messenger would probably be a chief product officer. And then in there you would have like, maybe like, like the contacts. Actually, maybe messaging experience might be like broken out. And so messaging mm-hmm. experience might be like an L6 kind of uh, product manager. Interesting. Or an L7 with a bunch of uh, folks under them. Yeah. That's, that's like, yeah, that's an interesting thing. And it's very important, you know, when you're thinking about um, the roles as well, it's just the responsibilities and the scope that comes with it. But I mean, I think jumping on from PM, a very popular and another like wide range of levels that might fall there is usually the senior PM. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's, it's the natural extension. It's almost every company I've heard of or I know of has a senior PM title. It's it's the next step, direct step from a product manager. You become a senior PM. I think in in that you, from what I've seen, and of course I've I've been through it, but you you kind of move from like that one feature to potentially a portfolio of features, right? Like you would go from I don't know. I don't use Messenger. I'm trying to think of that example, but like I would say like stickies to like stickies and emojis and gifs. I don't know. Yep. We probably are butchering the yeah, messenger product <laughs> product sharing. So we might have to like let's take take a hypothetical product example. Uh, but but yeah, I think it it goes from like the um, single feature to I think multiple features. Right? That w- do you think that's like a good good distinguishing factor between PM and senior PM? Mm, I think maybe it's like uh, how critical a feature is in some mm, regards. So like if you imagine like a checkout, like a e commerce page. Right. The like configuration, like cart and checkout experience is super critical, but like the marketing pages would be less critical. So like, you might put a more junior person on like marketing pages and like PDPs, like where the landing pages, like this kind of part. And then you put the senior person on like checkout and making sure that checkout works really well. Oh, so, so I think that's an interesting factor. So you're not looking at just the breadth. quantity yeah. yeah you're just not like your quantity breadth. quantity doesn't scale well i think with pms right it's either mm. like a bunch of small things or like one big thing and like so one it could big, be both yeah and that big thing is more crit- i would say maybe like critical like how important it is to the business yeah because in, yeah. The, the l6 and the l4 l5 in theory have relatively similar kind of levels in terms yeah. of or yeah not in bandwidth is probably the better term so like Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, how important it is, the thought process, the rigor, <laughs> like that's probably what they're looking, the business is looking for. Yeah, I think you're right. Like when you think about just the the bracket of PM and senior PM, you have you're looking at like potentially L four five six. Uh, I don't know if I don't think seven fits in that, but you're looking mm-hmm. across all three levels and potentially spending years between those three levels. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think you're right. It's, oh, yeah. It might not just be, and again, depending on the company, depending on the org, depending on the team, you could go from someone who goes from a single feature to multiple features, or you go from someone who is single feature, uh, potentially, um, I wouldn't, I don't want to say low impact, but just potentially less critical to like critical projects um, to maybe multiple critical features and projects. I think that's also a good way to distinguish like your impact does start to scale as you go from a PM to a senior PM. I think that's a really good point. And you also are at a level where you're potentially ideating new pieces within a feature itself. Uh, you, you're starting to expand your scope in terms of like trying to understand where you could even introduce like new things that might have not been as part of that feature mm-hmm. subset. Yeah. Um, and like net I new roadmap items and yeah. more of the strategy around those. So. Yeah, you do. You start to own the strategy around like not just one feature, but like either a critical feature or potentially like that um, multiple features. Mm-hmm. I think that's you know that's a good jumping off point because this next sort of step is where I see like a lot of deviation happening based on whether you are more interested in something that's IC, which is individual contributors for, um, for those listening and have not heard the term IC before. Um, but it's, you kind of go between, do I want to follow the IC path or do I want to follow like the people management track? And again, you know, not to say that if you follow down the PM path, you won't have anything to do with IC, but you kind of start to pivot your role into like those two directions. And I feel that kind of happens right after a senior product management position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think like L6 is really the the kind of point where you decide in your career if you're going to continue being an IC or if you start managing. PMs, I think also like PM ladder is a little bit different in the management track. Yeah. Cause like PMs have so much leverage. So you don't necessarily need that many PMs to do a, a ton of stuff, uh, even on uh-huh. like mm-hmm. massive websites. Yeah. So like when other tracks, like if you're on UX or engineering, you see a lot of people under you and a lot earlier in the levels, like maybe an L5 or L6 would already start managing. Uh, but in PM, oh, really? you don't really see that until I would say L7. Um, I, at least in my experience, I'm trying to think of like an L6 PM manager, but I, I can't really think of one off the top of my head. I'm sure it happens. Yeah. But PMs just typically are kind of a lot more flat. I think at least in my experience, just because of just how, how much leverage a single PM has. Yeah. So I think that's fair. And from a title perspective, I think usually, you know, when we look at APM, junior PMs, PM, senior PMs, the next one, which we're kind of equating to L7, um, even potentially LA at some companies maybe, but like that basic broad bucket is, and you would see this like variety of terms across different companies. You have either the the lead PM or the principal PM and or the group product manager. And I think that's the bucket where you sort of look at this level where in my um, experience, I've seen like principal PM is potentially a track of, you know, moving completely into an IC role. Mm-hmm. Or like trying to move or make progress in terms of like, okay, this is something that I am going to start owning. I'm going to build my mastery in the PM craft and I'm going to be a, you know, own that skill set, not usually people management. But then in parallel, you see this bucket of people who at that point move into the group PM role, which is most likely starts to like open up the space for people management. And I think as you brought up pretty accurately, like it might still open you up to like, maybe one or two, potentially three, you know, direct reports to that sense. Could be more some companies. Again, you know, 
but it could also be less. But I think average, it comes out around like one to three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's what I've seen as well. Like group product manager and normally, at least I don't, I don't think I've seen an L7 principal product manager, but I think I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's plenty out there, but yeah, I've definitely seen more on the manager track. Where do you see, where do you see principal from an like L perspective? Have you seen like a principal mapped to a particular L level? I can't think of one. I'm sure that companies use them for like, I don't know. It's kind of odd because any, any, I guess I would think that any feature that's sufficiently large for an L7 principle, like IC product manager, like would need additional kind of um, direct reports. So I don't know what a good use case would be for a company. I think it, I mean, when I've thought about, or like, you know, I've moved into the the people management part, so I'm not a hundred percent sure of like what my responsibilities would have been if I were not in that path. But from people who I know who have been in the principal PM position, I think they are more focused on just delivering like potentially large scale critical projects. Mm-hmm. So they might they might not be specifically managing a zone which requires maybe additional folks, but they are managing like high stakes cross mm-hmm. Boundary like yeah. projects, so I think I think that ends up being the potential use case for principal PMs, where you're managing more critical things in terms of like complexity and impact and things like that, but still keep you within your own sort of boundaries of of your product or zone in some sense. Yeah, no, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's like as a group PM, you start to like own like a, a portfolio of products. You started to go there, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think I think that's exactly it. I think like you're starting to own this portfolio. It's higher stakes, it's higher like everything is kind of like turned up a little. I mean, that's I think that's like the kind of as you go up in this ladder here, like what we're really seeing is like something is getting turned up. And normally at least <laughs> what I've seen is like the value to the business is getting turned up, the ambiguity of like how to solve that problem effectively is getting turned up. The and stress. Then, like the stress, yes. <laughs> So the stress, yeah, the stress is linear as you go up. <laughs> Maybe it's just like a stepwise function. Every every yeah. new level on the on the ladder increases the stress by some amount. For me, it's been the amount of hair I lose yeah. goes up with each level. Yeah. <laughs> but the amount of sugar and caffeine I need. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Maybe. But uh but yeah, I think you're right. It it is like that step model where I think that ambiguity point is really good. You start to spend more time in white spaces. You start mm-hmm. to spend more time in undefined problem statements versus someone who is a PM or a junior PM. I think that's a really, really good point where I think those at that point of time in your career as a PM, you have more guidance on some direction or strategy. And you're kind of like confined by that strategy and and vision and direction to like improve a subset of the product. But the second you start to move into like group and definitely as you start going up, your problem statements become to be more more ambiguous or more open. Um, and I feel like group PM is like a really good point where you still have a mix of both. You still have a broader strategy for the company, depending on how large the organization is. I think that's also a huge factor here. And you have the ability to sort of influence your zone's roadmap um, to align with the broader company product or like the entire portfolio strategy. And I think that's why you're very right to say, like, I think that's a really good pivot point where that kind of like shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then next one up is the director. So oh. I think director, I think it starts at L8. Or like the most plays I've seen. Maybe sometimes there's like a 0.5 step from like L7 to L7.5 to director. Um, but I think it depends on the company. But yeah, director, again, like at this point it gets fuzzy. Yeah. So once you get the director and like even L7 and above, it starts just getting fuzzier. So director is normally... I feel like it's mostly somebody who's like been at the company for a long time. Um, and then they're essentially like, yeah, they kind of got promoted into it. hundred um, percent like people manager and they're responsible for everything that all the PMs are under them are doing. So yeah. a lot more stress. <laughs> a, lot, a lot more stress. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, I think at, at a director level, you start to like more involved in like cross team alignment. Um, and I think, you know, as we were talking about it, like, you might be within your own, still within your own product vertical. So I think like the example, which again, we might be butchering, but let's say a product had messaging. And then I think as a director, you start to own the messaging portfolio and whatever comes underneath messaging. And then you have like group PMs that are leading, like, let's say support messaging, member messaging, like business messaging. If those are different Mm -hmm. avenues, you start having PMs within that that are supporting like um, emojis, gifts, like features, like chat features, like threading, etc. Like, so I think at a director level, you start to end up owning the entire strategy of like how that vertical can improve or like you know change. Yeah, and I think it's blurry again between directors and senior directors. I I think like it's it's part of how your company levels that hierarchy where you could see either or like I, I can imagine some companies don't have a senior director i feel like senior director is like a made-up thing because it's so hard to replace <laughs> vps and you still want to oh, make boy. sure you keep the directors incentivized because yeah. like you can't you're not gonna have like a i mean it's it happens all hopefully the time, no <laughs> but you don't want a vp under a vp yeah you know what i mean so it's like director senior director and then vp it just i feel like doesn't happen that shift doesn't happen no so no offense to any senior director yeah. listening to this podcast. Uh, I think, I, I don't know what to say after that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at some point, like, you, need, you need to keep the carrot, right? It's like, uh, all of these are like to keep you kind of climbing. And But I do, I do think there is like a factor of that, similar to like the PM level we were talking about, where you can spend a lot of time in that space as a director, right? So there's mm-hmm. that the years kind of are, are broader or like longer oh, yeah. when I you're think at a director. Like, like L6 to L7, a lot of times it's like a three to five year gap uh, yeah. between promotions. So at this point, like then from L7 to director is like, I mean, it doesn't really happen that often because you're now you're also waiting for a spot to fill up or to empty. Kind of, yeah. I think, and it does, you know, like as you go up the ladder, the number of positions, of course, mm-hmm. gets smaller. Yeah, exactly. There's like two ways. Like At that point, it's like there's two ways for you to grow. Either like you own a huge business segment yeah. Uh, that's now been growing and been doing really well. And you, uh-huh. you now need your PM team under you. And so yeah. you can kind of make your own director role, um, potentially under another director or under the VP. Yeah. Uh, or the other director leaves and you take that over. Those are kind of like really the only two routes. Um, unless you can like, you know, find an adjacent role or go to a different company and uh, go that route, uh, go from L7 to director in another company and or it was in a, a different team in, in a big company. Yeah, I think that's that's a good call. And I think as you spend more time in that space as a director, I think that's where a senior director is, 
you are moving up the ladder. You've kind of, you know, you're again, you're not VP, but you're doing much more than directors. I think maybe it also depends on the way your company is structured. You could sort of like, you move into multiple vertical managements, like vertical um, product spaces, or even multiple business segments that are aligned towards the same goal. I think that that's something critical that happens as a senior director is where you, you open yourself up to potentially multiple business segments and being able to own multiple teams within that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, of course, like it's a long battle up and right after is where you would usually find like the VPs and the senior VPs. And I think, I think I'm, for the sake of the conversation, I think it's fine to bucket those two in kind of the same, mm-hmm. same yeah. level around like nine to nine, L9s and L10s, right? Do you think that that sounds about right? Yeah. At this point, I feel like the leveling just drops <laughs> off because it's kind of yeah. maybe relevant to that level. I think uh-huh. VPs, I feel like almost all the VPs that I've interacted with have like, maybe like they've done something extraordinary. <laughs> To like get that level, <laughs> like either they had their own company, they got acquired, they like had just been at the company for like 20 years and then had done something incredible in their previous role. And then the company was looking for a VP position for that person. I feel like they're just like on a whole nother level that the leveling system can't contain. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, from the VPs that I've interacted with, they are, they are dealing with like, heavy stuff like it's yeah. it, i mean i would say most of them are operating as mini chief product officers at some mm-hmm. scale yeah um, you are at this point you're identifying like opportunities outside of your space you're trying to like find white spaces in the market itself like you're no longer confined with the strategy and roadmap of your company you are essentially trying to understand like new product verticals, new business segments, new markets. Um, you know, how do you sort of like up-level your company in a way that beats the competition? Mm-hmm. You, are, I feel like at this point, you are a lot more like into the management and product layers, right? Like, I think that's essentially a VP is like, yeah, I would say mini CPO at this point. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, especially like depending on the size of the company. Yeah, I think at this point, like CPO, especially for massive, like multi 10,000 person orgs, like they don't really have much impact on like, at the like VP level. Like they're kind of more, I don't, I don't even know, like at a certain point, like these organizations are so massive, like a CPO is not going to have that much impact on day to day. Yeah. Whereas like the VP is really kind of your equivalent. Yeah, that's true. And I, CPO is also like, I've seen chief product officers, but it's not a... V- Common. I don't know. It's not a very common role. Yeah. Um. Like it's not a. I think it's common in smaller companies. But yeah. I feel like it's yeah. something that, like, kind of to our point, like, it, if your organization grows and you have like all these different business verticals, a VP if effectively is kind of the mini CEO of that. Yeah. You're. Yep. Of that vertical, and so a VP or any CEO or like any kind of like CEO equivalent really is like a chief product officer. Exactly. They're determining the the direction to go. They're determining kind of what solution might help solve the business problem that you're trying to solve. Like it's functionally the same at large companies. Yeah, I think you have like you you do potentially see this scenarios where in a large organization you have like senior VPs working with like heads of organizations that work with CEOs. So you're kind of like 
Yeah, you're right. Like in large organizations, like CPO as such is not a very prevalent title, but it's usually senior VPs owning a vertical who mm-hmm. are talking directly to like C-level people or like head of particular segments or like divisions or departments. And it ends up being like that. You are a CPO at that point, senior VPs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Pretty sure. Uh, pretty sure the stress is is um, max is second, higher. Second max? maximum <laughs> turned up. No now stress. The shareholders are, are breathing down your, your neck. So yeah, yeah. You. It's always always someone who is looking for more from you. Yeah. you. First, it's your boss, and then eventually your boss becomes the CEO, and then eventually it's just the shareholders. Yep, and the board. I feel like it's all like a good. Uh, I don't, know, I don't know who said this, but essentially, like the the role of like a CEO is basically the shit funnel. So like they're <laughs> the end. Everything like oh. you know, you have a problem, you escalate it. They have a problem, they escalate it, and eventually everything gets escalated to the CEO or the CPO or the VP or whoever, and they have to figure out how to solve like all the worst problems yeah. that nobody else could figure out. And it's also the opposite, where every problem from the outside first comes to the C level, mm-hmm. and then they have to like keep going a level down to figure out like wh- where the issue is. Yep. Yeah. But I think, I mean, circling back and just kind of going through the list that we had, I think, you know, again, hopefully this gave a little bit of an insight into like the different opportunities one has in the market when they're looking into the product management sort of career ladder. Again, you know, responsibilities and roles change vastly as you transition between these different segments. Alex, you just want to like recap like the different, mm-hmm. I guess, um, titles that you would see. Yeah. So I think starting with L3 is typically your associate product manager. And then your L4 is your typical product manager one. Um, then you have L5, which is product manager two, L6, which is normally senior product manager. Then L7, which is either a group product manager, lead product manager, or a principal product manager. And then you kind of get into the fuzzy area of uh, director of product, which is kind of L7.5, L8, uh, senior director, which may be L9, and then you got VP, senior VP, and then C- chief product officer. Yeah. Uh, so those are kind of like the levels that you can expect on like your product journey, um, knowing that also there's probably a bifurcation where you, you're going into either continuing to be an individual contributor at L7 um, or starting to manage people. Uh, and what, if you manage people, then you kind of unlock director and senior director and all those that kind of track as well. Yeah. And also if you're in like in an, in your company, it might be different in the sense of like you might be called LAs, LBs, LCs, L50s, L60s, mm-hmm. L25s. But I think, you know, this going back to the conversation, like I think generally the trend is according like that we talked about with respect to the roles and responsibilities is pretty solid as a system. So, you know, really focusing on some of the topics that we talked about when it comes to those positions and how the responsibility and impact sort of scales. So I think that's the key thing to keep in mind. And we'll link in a couple of articles in the description as well. Like there are really good websites online and some articles that talk about like different factors within each one of these, like your communication skill set, your strategy skill set, your design skill set, and all of that. We'll link those in as well. Uh, I think they're good reads. Um, but yeah, awesome. Cool. Thanks, Alex. I think this was a was a fun one. Yeah, definitely. Probably super useful for folks. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. 